It's tea time. Um, today we have again another special guest. Um, President Trussell's on the line with us today. Good morning, President Trussell. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you Happy too. Happy New Year. I encourage you before we get started, uh, if you have not listened to our special edition episode, before you listen to this one, stop right now and go listen to that first and then come back to us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so we, we uh, today is Tuesday, uh, the day after the school starts. Um, and to be to completely honest, we, uh, we record a little earlier. So I, I do want to open up with a question and, um, and a little icebreaker question because this Sunday is the Steelers-Browns game. Um, and I heard you were a Browns fan. Is that correct? Oh, I'm absolutely a Browns fan. I, I've been waiting. Uh, I was about 11 years old when we won the na- when the, we won the world championship in 1964, and I've been waiting to have us win it again. Really? Well, I'm a Steelers fan, so you see the issue here. Um, <laughs> I, I was. Well, I was. Do you want to make a little Duncan Duncan coffee wager on this? I one? am. I'm 100 percent down. What What do you uh, What do you think? Just the winning, or 10 points, or? Oh, you got to give me some points. All right. So I'll say. I'll say. How about Steelers win by at least 10? That's a That's a touchdown, okay, an extra so point, I, and a field goal. So I've I've got the Browns, and you're giving me 10 points. Absolutely. And all the okay. That's yeah. the deal. All right. All right. And. And it's any drink you want at Dunkin'. It's not just, you know, a, a small decaf. Okay. Right. Don't <laughs> let them try to cheat you, President Trussell. You That's go right. get yourself a, a, a macchiato get if you, you want. i a water. That's <laughs> right. I'm going to get one I can't even pronounce. <laughs> all right. Well, um, all right. So I guess our viewers will be listening in on Tuesday, so they'll know immediately uh, who won the bet. Um, or you could see me Monday with my coffee. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, getting right into it. We, and we usually have one icebreaker question, but uh, we, we tend to ask, um, we plan to ask the same question uh, to kind of all of our viewers, or all of our um, podcast people, guests. Uh, and the question I kind of wanted to ask you was, uh, so what was your dream job growing up? Uh, you're now the president of um, Youngstown State University, which is a feat in itself. Um, but I, I did want to know, kind of growing up, where, where did you... Um, what was your dream job? Mine was an ice cream man, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, what you would say. You know what? What's interesting is really all throughout uh, my early years, K through twelve, I really didn't give any thought. I thought I could be a kid for the rest of my life, <laughs> and then right about when I was a junior in high school, you know, the guidance counselor started saying, "Hey, you got to start thinking about what you want to do." And I thought, "Well, yeah, I want to do what I've been doing. This has been a blast." All right. <laughs> and, <laughs> And they said, no, you're going to have to do something different. And I said, well, gosh, like what? And they looked at my transcript and my test scores. And they said, well, you know, you're really good in math. Why don't you be an engineer? And I said, well, I don't know anything about driving trains. You know, I don't I, <laughs> What do you mean an engineer? And they said, no, an engineer that builds things and, and, you know, does all that work with mathematics. And I said, oh, no, that doesn't interest me. Uh, they said, well, you better start thinking about what you want to do. So at that point, I started thinking about it. My father happened to be an educator. My two older brothers were educators. So I came to the conclusion that my dream job was going to be meshing that math proficiency uh, with education. And, and really, I wanted to be a high school math teacher and coach sports in uh, the high school and live happily ever after. 
And so I went and got my education degree, and I was certified to teach mathematics and and uh, health and physical education. And they told us you need to get as many broad teaching fields as you can because jobs are hard and all that. And uh, then I went to graduate school and all of a sudden got hired as a uh, assistant football coach and ended up doing that for 38 years. And I never got to teach one day of math or spend one day teaching in high school. So I still haven't got my dream job. President Chessel, that was tea off the gate. I did not expect that. Uh, when I, first off, am flabbergasted at the fact that, like, I didn't even know you had an education degree in mathematics. Like, that is crazy. Are you trying to say you didn't think I'm smart enough right. to have no, a No, that's, that's what I thought. That's what I thought I you mean, were saying. come on. Come on, Avery. <laughs> Well, Avery, Avery, you had mentioned you thought you could be a kid forever. Avery still doesn't know that you can't be a kid forever. Right. <laughs> Although I don't know he's applying to like 73 uh, yeah. different graduate programs. Absolutely. And well, doing fantastic. <laughs> we'll um, talk about that later. Right. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, I, I wanted to be an ice cream man, Avery. I don't know what you wanted to be. I really wanted to be a car dealership owner. Don't really? know why. I had... Honestly, I had a, over a, a collection of a thousand Hot Wheel cars that I would like count and keep inventory of. And for some reason, I was like, yeah, th this is my dream job. I want to sell cars and own a dealership. And obviously, I'm not doing that. But <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. I don't know. 20 years from now, I could be selling you a BMW or something. Right. And maybe I'll buy my ice cream truck off of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you wanted you went from a car dealership to molecular genetics that's a big stretch <laughs> big stretch right yeah completely out of the water <laughs> but um yeah no I, I i always like to start with those types of questions kind of lighten the mood but um as we're you know we're definitely uh times are changing everything's kind of changing around us and as we uh starting to to get back in the the swing of things moving back to campus and different things like that um, i'm sure there's a lot of questions um students are having and, and they're being answered and stuff, but um, I thought that that's how we'll spend some of this time is just talking about some of the things that are on students' minds uh, and hearing your thoughts and answers on some of them. So how's that sound? Sounds great. Awesome. <laughs> I feel like uh, with these new vaccines coming out, I think that is a topic of everyone's mind right. is like, where do we start and like kind of the outpush of it all and, you know, what do we do? And um I think it brings joy to some people's mind that like this could be the end or, you know, a start of an end to everything and all the craziness that's going on with the pandemic. And for some people, they're a little terrified. And so I think our first question is, you know, as we as we start school and the commencement of school and the the, the pour out of the vaccines, um, where does YSU stand in that? And how are we working with the uh, community of Youngstown to kind of start helping students understand vaccinations and, you know, those types of things? Well, you know, I think that the, the federal government and the state have done a nice job throughout this whole pandemic trying to uh, have really good guidance, you know, whether it's CDC guidance or it's state mandates or it's local city and, and county health departments. Uh, specifically on the vaccine side of things, uh, the governor was just on, uh, on January 7th uh, talking about uh, what's the most difficult thing is, is how much supply of vaccines are we going to get here in Ohio? 
and then how quickly can we move through the hierarchy? And right now, as you know, I'm sure you've been seeing and reading and hearing and that uh, the nursing homes and the real vulnerable populations and the frontline healthcare workers uh, are in that group they call 1A, and they're the ones that were trying to uh, get vaccinated ASAP. And then uh, the discussion is, well, how much supply are we going to have so that we can get into group 1B and then group 2 and group 3 and so forth? And, and honestly, uh, it is an ever-changing discussion about how much quantity do we have, how are we going to set the priorities, uh, I think the next group after the uh, nursing homes and the uh, frontline healthcare workers uh, will be some of the real elderly and some of those that have real uh, compromising situations from a health standpoint, real high risk people. Um, I think shortly after that, and, and what's going to be interesting is, are we going to get enough doses to get through each of these waves so we can move to the next wave. But I think the next group, uh, as it stands today, uh, is that K through 12, uh, especially the teachers, so that we can get our students back to school, uh, are going to be probably next in line uh, after we do the, I think they're starting with 80 and above, 80-year-olds and above, then 75-year-olds and above the next week, and then 70 and above the next week and so forth. I think after the, the older population and the really compromised, we'll get to K through 12. And then the debate that I don't think uh, has been decided is where does higher ed fit in, especially in terms of the faculty, just like the teachers are a high priority for K through 12, they have not said yet that higher ed faculty are quite that high on the totem pole. Um, and how long will it take to get to the age of the college student? And so I, I would only be guessing uh, if, if I told you that, um, you know, we can maybe uh, later in the spring semester be approaching, um, you know, when the college age student you know, that doesn't have any special circumstances, uh, we'll get those. On the other hand, if all of a sudden production ramps up and the ability to distribute them uh, rank, uh, ramps up, uh, it could go faster. But I guess the, the long answer to your short question is the first thing someone has to decide is when the availability comes up, am I interested in getting the vaccine? And there are people with varying opinions. Uh, and then two is when will my opportunity for that vaccine come? And when it comes, I've got to be ready because if you miss your window, you move to the back of the line. And also know that these vaccines are a two-part vaccine where you have one and then three weeks later you get component part two. So uh, I just think we have to keep our ear to the ground. You're going to have to keep listening to the to the Justin and Avery podcast to find out the latest uh, in that. But um, we're going to move as quickly as we can. And, and uh, one of the things we're really working hard on is seeing if some of our students who are in 
clinicals in the hospitals or internships out in the world or maybe student teaching out in the schools, if we could get them moved up to a little bit uh, higher priority, we've been writing letters to the governor, we've been lobbying, advocating, all those kinds of things. And truly, it's a day-by-day uh, situation based upon you know, just how quickly can we get these distributed and just how many doses are we going to have. Right. And I think that is important. And I think in the meantime, in between time, right, as you're waiting your turn in line for the vaccine, the university is doing something to help keep you safe and protected. And that is screening for COVID and doing testing. And so uh, this semester, the university is rolling out some weekly tests. And so you'll be notified through your email uh, about those tests and when you're scheduled to do so. So I highly encourage that people listening and the students listening uh, that you Get, your, get yourself screened and get yourself tested for COVID to make sure that, you know, you're keeping yourself safe and keeping everyone around you safe as well. And also keep going on those fundamentals of social distancing and not being in large groups and wearing your masks. And, and, and you know, especially in this winter season, I would love it if every podcast you guys were on, you could remind people, we've got to wash our hands more than we did in the fall. You know, it's just because this is the time when it's flu season. And, and, and one of our goals amongst this whole thing, there's sometimes you look for silver linings, is maybe we'll have an even better flu season where we'll have less cases of flu because we're taking uh, advantage of washing our hands more often and uh, staying socially distanced and not being in, in big groups and, and uh, wearing our masks and so forth. So absolutely, uh while, like, I, I like the phrase you used, Avery. While you're waiting in line, you've got to do the good things, uh, you know, that will keep us protected. Right. Don't be nasty. Wash them hands, y'all. Wash them hands. Right, That's Justin. right. <laughs> yeah, I was just telling um, Avery not that long ago. I used to like every year I lose my voice, and because I get so like congested, congested and stuff, and my my throat hurts and stuff like that. But actually, this is year the year that that hasn't happened. Like the first year ever. So I'm guessing the masks are Okay, working. knock on wood. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, no, watch tomorrow I'm going to lose my voice. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that all this, all this conversation kind of brings up a, um, a good question to ask kind of as we enter and progress through the spring semester, um, what do you think uh, will be kind of the, the greatest challenge for students to kind of overcome this spring um, as we come back? You know, I think without a doubt uh, the greatest challenge will be patience you know how well will we keep our patience it's you know we'll be in march almost to a year of this of this different world of of you know our college experience not being what we were used to or if we're a freshman what we were hoping for um, not having the engagement with our faculty and our staff and and just you know the fun of being in college is one another. And so the patients uh, I think will be really tested and uh, that will be uh, our biggest challenge. And, and the only way I think you can handle a challenge is day by day, because if we start thinking about, Oh my gosh, how much longer is this going to last? Is this going to be all the way till June or whatever? It can really play on our minds. But if we, Simply when we wake up each day, say, hey, you know what? I'm going to get through this day uh, the best I can, do all the things I'm supposed to do. And 
And one of those days going forward, when I wake up, we're, we are going to be back to a little more near normal. And, and uh, I've just got to have the patience to get there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think along with patience, you kind of have some kind of kind of have to have some adaptability as well. Like everything is changing and the university is doing things. Uh, protocol is changing uh, to make sure that, you know, we are able to still have, you know, students learn and, you know, we're not impeding anyone's graduation rates or things like that. Um, so with that, you know, you have to be able to kind of roll with those punches as well and kind of adapt along with how the university is adapting and evolving. And so I think that's a great, you know, sequel and kind of pushing us on to our next question about those changes that you made for, you know, that we made for spring break and, you know, the wellness days and how that will, you know, implement and change spring semester. So if you want to talk about that a little bit as well. Sure. Well, you know, I think that's a great point you bring out about adaptability and the, the interesting part about adaptability is hopefully we plan how we're going to adapt. We get input, discuss it before we decide how we're going to adapt. And so for instance, on the spring break decision, uh, we spent a lot of time on the phone with other institutions, uh, picked their brain a little bit. We spent uh, time uh, with some students. In fact, I think some SGA folks had some discussions uh, with our folks about uh, the pros and cons of, of how we go about uh, spring break. Uh, talked with our staff, uh, tried to assess the needs, and then you try to come up with the best solution based upon the information that you've gathered from as many people as you can gather it from. And so as probably the lead factor in adjusting spring break was the fact that the state really was encouraging us not to have these big windows of time where students could leave and maybe bring back the virus to our state or maybe leave with the virus and take it to another state. That would be irresponsible. Uh, and so there was a lot of, uh, of discussion about that and that the thought of a long spring break and parties in Cancun or, or whatever uh, just didn't seem to be what the moment called for. Then the discussion became, well, we know we need some breaks. It, the reason uh, I asked the question, I said, well, I'm sure when spring break was invented, it was invented for a good idea that people needed a break. Right. And, you know, you go, especially in the north where you're kind of boxed inside the, the first half of the semester and get a little bit of cabin fever and, and you know, you just want to get outside a little bit more. And, and uh, so our students certainly need breaks. Our faculty certainly need breaks, especially with all the extra things our faculty have had to do uh, during this entire pandemic. So we said, okay, well, we're not going to just have one week less of school and cancel spring break because all of a sudden we've taken everyone's breaks away. So we sat down and we talked about how could we sporadically get some wellness days, we called them, not always take them on a Monday or a Friday because the problem is is that you, the people who have Monday, Wednesday, Friday classes uh, or just Wednesday, Friday class or just Monday, Wednesday class would be missing a lot of their classes if you took extra ones away. So we tried to take the five spring break days 
along with the Martin Luther King Natural Monday break that we take and sprinkle it out throughout the spring semester where we were only taking away uh, one or two Mondays or Fridays and then one each of a Tuesday and Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and spread out those wellness days uh, just to give everyone, all the way from our faculty to our students, just that opportunity to take a deep breath, um, work on ourselves, uh, pay attention to how we're feeling, um, just take a break. And uh, uh, so that's how we came up with the uh, spring calendar for this year. And, uh, you know, nothing's perfect and nothing is uh, 100% agreed upon. Uh, but I thought our people did a nice job of really thinking it through, taking all of the things in mind. But the biggest one was the state really encouraged us not to have big pockets of travel time, uh, especially right there at the end of the winter. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, definitely if the faculty or professor is dealing with someone like me, you definitely need a break. I get it. <laughs> I need a break for myself sometimes too. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I understand the encourage of uh, not, you know, spring break has its own type of stigma around it. And so travel is definitely one of the biggest things that people think about when they think about spring break. Um, Cancun is definitely the second. So uh, I think these wellness days will allow for students to take a breather, have a moment uh, and be able to continue through and complete the spring semester. Yeah. And I think uh, a thanks goes out to the provost for sure. Um, He's really kept, you know, before the decision, the decision wasn't made lightly. And I know that, because uh, he's been talking to student government about it, talking to the Senate about it, uh, and getting input um, before making the decision. But, um, you know, we believe student government, and Avery and I believe it was the right decision, and yeah, we absolutely. thank you for it. Great. Well, and we've got to make it the right decision. We've got to do mm-hmm. a good job of, of taking advantage of those wellness days, of really paying attention to uh, really this semester, <clears throat> I think, is going to be key. When we, when we look back at the written history of this pandemic, uh, I, I really think that it'll be broken up into some, I guess, components. One will be, you know, what was your initial reaction to this once every hundred years thing? Uh, what did you learn along in the middle? And then how did you finish it uh, you know, once you made your way to having a high percent of the population vaccinated, knowing how to treat it, having the mutations kind of weaken. Um, and, and so how we handle this last component, uh, I think is going to be really critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we try to keep, uh, try to keep our, our podcast. Avery makes sure that we keep our podcast real short. Cause you know, Justin can <laughs> talk. He can <laughs> talk. Someone you're off. I talk too much. Um, but, but yeah, no, I think um, really, is there anything else uh, you would like to say to the students listening um, regarding spring break, regarding whatever? As well as we enter the spring semester, Avery's making faces at me. So. <laughs> that was my well, you know, Justin, the only thing th- that I would say is uh, we've been awfully proud of our students. I, people ask me from all over the country, how are things going at YSU? And, and I said, you know, we were lucky. We've really had students that have taken it seriously. Uh, We have 
faculty who have taken it seriously. We've had a lot of people jump in, and, and I think we've grown as a university because we've got a lot of people working together on things that didn't normally work together because we'd never had a pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so the only thing I would end uh, with for our students is, hey, we're awfully proud of how we've done thus far, but the key is how do you finish something? Uh, we don't know when, where the finish line is, but we know we're a lot closer to it than we were nine months ago. And uh, if, if they'll exercise that patience, if they'll take care of one another, and, and it kind of goes back to, hey, this is a real time uh, to be together and, and to, to uh, appreciate one another and to respect one another and look out for one another. And, and if we can really make as a, as a, a real desire this spring is to really take care of one or two more people than you've ever taken care of. Uh, you know, strike up a conversation, see how people are doing, see how you can be helpful. Uh, if, if we can do even more of that, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to look back someday and, and we're going to say, hey, you know, I remember the, the uh, 2021 challenge of the pandemic and I'm awfully proud of being at YSU because we handled it well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that brings that brings up a good point. I mean, a lot of uh, – we talked about adapting on the podcast today and, and different things like that, but um, a lot of students and a lot of faculty and a lot of administration have really stepped up to the plate, uh, and, and you included. Um, so we, w- we would obviously like to thank you for everything you've done uh, for the students at YSU, um, and, and we hope – uh, as we move through the semester, it gets easier, not harder. Um, but we'll see. Life's challenging, so we'll see how this goes. But um, Avery keeps making faces at no, me, so I'm going to let him It's talk. fine. <laughs> uh, thank you, President Chelsea, for joining us on this episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. And like Justin said, we really appreciate the work that you're doing and the administration's doing as well. Um, so thank you. Well, yeah. It's been an honor, and, and I'm as anxious as all of you to get this behind us. I can tell you, it's awfully lonely in that Pollock house. I would yeah. rather be talking. I would rather be out with students than sitting alone in the Pollock house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And uh, I'll definitely send you my Dunkin' order on Monday. Oh, my uh, goodness. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to come out looking for you. Because <laughs> the Browns are going to get it done. I'm going to get your class schedule. And I'm going to okay. go to one of your class <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you, President Chelsea. All righty. Thank you, Justin. All Thank right. you, Avery. Thank bye. you, President Chelsea. All right. Bye-bye. All right, bye.